Blog Talk Radio.
just tell us a little bit about your relationship with Christ. Uh, to be honest with you, it's been pretty rocky. Um, I'm 43. I was saved when I was 10, but, um, up until very recently, uh, it's been, it's been a roller coaster. And the main reason for that is because, uh, as with all of us, God gives us gifts and talents and skills that he wants to use for his glory. And the problem is if we don't hold on to his hand and listen to his voice and allow him to guide us and we take off on our own power, we're going to mess it up. And there's many times in my past where God has tried to use me in different areas, and it started out good, but then I let different things get in the way, uh, and I allowed my flesh to get in the way and messed it up. And only just recently have I reached a point in my stubbornness to say, okay, you know what, Holy Spirit, I give up. I know you want to use me. I want to do for people. I want to lead people to you, but I can't do it. I cannot do it. I have got to submit completely to you and allow you to walk and speak through me. And I have found a level of peace that I have never known in my life. And, um, you know, and, and things are just happening, you know, just is absolutely blowing my mind at the way the Holy Spirit's been using me. Wow. You just, you said a mouthful. I think we can probably drop the mic and end the show on that, but we still have 55 <laughs> minutes to go, you know, and sis, please, please feel free because what I love about Patrick is because he allowed himself to be a vessel to me and, we we laughed together. We were laughing so hard that we had to kind of move to another section where we were because people were looking at us, and they were laughing, didn't even know why they were laughing. And I and I had to keep it real with Patrick, and I had to tell him, you know what, Patrick, I'm from the other side of the kingdom. You know, I get mad, and I dash my foot against the stone, and I have cussed, and I have gotten angry. And what I loved about him the most is he didn't look down on me and scrunch his nose up like some people do and because they get into this social group of how they the God is. But we kind of let go on each other of how our relationship is with God, and it's truly about a relationship. So, sis, do you have anything to say right now? Right now? I apologize. I don't mean to take over. I apologize. No, 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 no. You're good. You're good. One thing that you said, Patrick, that I really love is your transparency, that you said it's been a rocky road. I think if all of us were completely honest and transparent um our our journey with the lord is has slopes and pits and valleys and and we do go up the rough side of the mountain and then come back down again and go again i heard somebody this weekend i was at a conference and they they used an analogy where life was concerned and they used the monitor like when you're in the hospital and you're hooked up to the monitors and it's monitoring your heartbeat you see it go up in a peak and then drop and up and drop and up and drop and if you see it just flat line where it's just a single line then that means you checked out <laughs> that you're, you're you're no longer alive so i think that you know that was such a um a great explanation of what our lives are there's that, that up, down, up, down, up, down, which is called life. Um, and because of that, because of that, it is such a blessing to know that we serve a God that is not condemning. 
He will correct us. He will chastise us, but he's not a condemning God because he knows that we're going to have those peaks and valleys as we go along. So thank God for for you opening up with transparency. And I believe that that helps people now be positioned and primed to hear what else you have to say. So I'm excited. I don't want to take up much time because from what Tanya shared with me, um, you have some very interesting information that you want to share with the, with our, our guests dealing with the armor of God. So I'm going to just kind of be quiet, sit back, and listen. So I'm going to say this. Patrick, I want you to relax, take a deep breath in the Holy Spirit, and allow him to guide you. Um, I want to open it up because one thing that Patrick and I got, we got into a conversation about was the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand. And he explained it perfect of why the armor is the way it is. Can you please, my brother, please explain it the best that you did to me to make it so even the most person that ain't in Christ can understand? Go ahead. You have the platform. Um, I've thought a lot over the last week since you and I met about what I was going to say. And, you know, I mean, even at times rehearsed it. And as I've been in prayer over the past week, the Holy Spirit has basically just said, son, you know what? You need to just chill out and let me lead you. And uh, I really feel in my spirit that there's two particular parts of the armor that need to be focused on. And there's very specific reasons for that. Now, the armor, uh, as described by Paul in Ephesians, was based upon the Roman centurion armor. You have the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness the belt of truth, the shield of faith, the shoes of the readiness with the peace of the gospel of peace, and the sword of the spirit. Now, what I feel Amen. the Holy Spirit is leading me to is to focus specifically on the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit. And I believe that's, if I remember right, that's kind of where the conversation went when you and I were talking. Um, yes. The Roman centurion armor had one vulnerability, and it was the back. And it was created that way so that the soldiers could not run away in battle. They would be killed by arrows or by enemy soldiers coming at them from behind. But in the heat of battle, that vulnerability did not matter because they stood shoulder to shoulder and back to back and fought the enemy as one. Now, going back, oh gosh, probably a thousand years to uh, the Battle of Thermopylae, which is what the movie uh, 300 was based on. It's probably… The best example of how shields were used in combat in those days. If you've ever seen the movie, yes, it is a very violent and rough movie, but I want to focus specifically on how they used their shields. They would interlock their shields together and create what in combat terms is called a phalanx. Now, in creating this, they would create a virtually impenetrable barrier that the enemy all but could not get through. And in the case of the Battle of Thermopylae, 300 men held back an army of Persians uh, for three days, uh, an army of 50,000 Persians, by using this combat technique. Now, in the case of the shield of faith, if used properly, it is completely impenetrable to the attacks of the enemy. Now, in order to use that properly, this is where we get into a discussion of unity and a lack thereof in the body of Christ. You see, the armor of God is not completely and 100% effective against the attacks of the enemies unless we are unified. 
because we have to, in the spiritual sense, create that phalanx with the shield of faith in order to completely protect ourselves from the enemy. And the fact that the church, the body of Christ as a whole, has not been more effective than it is is because we are so divided. We're divided by color. We're divided by race. We are divided by language. We are divided by denomination, and that's not the way it was meant to be. We are supposed to stand together, shoulder to shoulder, back to back as brothers and sisters of Christ and face the enemy and not just defend ourselves or our families, but take the enemy head on and take the battle to the enemy. And when you're called by Christ, you're not just a soldier. You're on the front lines, you know. And uh, as you and I discussed, it, it's kind of like when you look at what's going on in the Middle East, uh, who do the Taliban and ISIS focus on the most? Their uh, deadliest attacks are on special forces, Navy SEALs, Army Delta, Marine Recon. And when you make a choice for Christ to allow him to use you, you become the, uh, God's special forces. You become a target. And unless you're standing shoulder to shoulder and back to back with your brothers and sisters in Christ, your armor is only going to be so effective. Sooner or later, you're going to get worn down, and you're going to get beaten. And this is why I've had so many failures in my walk is because I was trying to do it myself. I wasn't focusing on the Holy Spirit, and I wasn't focusing on standing with my brothers and sisters in Christ. And I was actually shocked recently as I've studied deeper into the armor and how much I really didn't know, you know, and it, it's been an eye-opener. So the, the, the biggest – one of the biggest problems that I feel in the church probably since the days of Christ is a lack of unity. People are too divided, and we're never – you know, if you can imagine with all – there are a lot of good things going on, a lot of huge things happening. You know, uh, people are being blessed. People are finding breakthroughs. There's miracles happening, but could you imagine the way this world would be and just this country if the church could come together as one? We could live in a utopia. You know. Now, of course, God has utopia planned for us in heaven, but we can have that here on earth because if we chose to stand together as one, the enemy wouldn't have a chance. He was already defeated on the cross. We are allowing him to beat us and defeat us and limit our ability to bless people by being divided. And I talk about this wow. all the time. Wow. You know, I'm, I'm a recovering alcoholic, and I am in uh, Celebrate Recovery. And I, I think I speak about this every time in our small groups about how we need to be standing together, how we need to be unified. And wow. the more I pray on this, the more I feel the urging of the Holy Spirit. That is why this world has become so dark. Is because the church is so divided. Wow. I'm trying not to be redundant here and say the same, same things over and over, but it's 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 just something that, that God keeps putting on my heart and keeps pushing and keeps pushing. Son, we've got to unify. Son, we've got to unify. Wow, wow. I, 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 let me let me just kick in right real quick. I, um, when you kept saying being redundant, please not at all. I feel like it's the message that Paul had. And people don't realize he preached that same message for a while. Repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. And was it Paul? I want to say. Sis, am I correct on that? 
Yes. Actually, it was Christ that kept saying, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. But right. one of the things that that um, Patrick is saying is it's not redundant at all based on the fact that no. one of the biggest um, weapons that the enemy uses against us is the vision. We're divided in our homes. We're divided in our marriages. We're divided in church. We're divided on in the workplace. Yeah. There is always that warfare at at hand, where spouses are at one another, parents and children are at one another. And and you're correct. You know there is there's strength in unity. Um, and so you, there is no redundancy. It is just a, a matter of fact and truth. Yes, yes. I lo- I love the way that. You know, again, you didn't have to say anything. No one doesn't, it doesn't matter what people think about you. It's what you think about yourself. It took me years to figure that out. I just wanted to be so perfect in the church. I wanted to be so perfect with my mom, my dad, with my sisters. I wanted to be so perfect with everybody that I kept messing up. And one thing I realized, I don't have to be perfect in Christ. He is the perfection that is in me. And I'm so grateful. I, I told Patrick, I'm glad he said that because I said to him, thank God for alcoholism because you're just totally awesome. And for God to be able to use you. And my sister and I can tell you some things. Trust me, if you follow us, you'll, you'll realize we're not perfect. We're not here to try to make anybody think that we are. But what we want people to understand is this is real. We're in a battle, people. We're in spiritual warfare. I didn't even want I at first I wasn't even going to say anything to Patrick. It's just how the conversation even began. And you know, but he was so giddy and so funny and I told him normally when I'm going out and I'm doing stuff, I try to be incognito. And I and, and he say, "Why? This is who God has made you to be. Why would you be anything less?" And and that's the truth. And what I want you guys to hear again is about the unity, about unifying Man, we start talking about unifying and people get scared. People start nutting up and doing all kinds of crazy stuff now, you guys. And I can't believe it. Where have we come from? What has the hate deep in the ground of the root have come from? It's not about that. Why can we be out and look at people and don't like them and don't even know who they are? How can you go in a grocery store, can't smile, can't even speak to people? True, you don't know what anybody's going through. But what's wrong sometimes with saying good morning or hello? It can sure change a whole multitude and magnitude of things. So I just want to ask you, Patrick, because I asked you then, and then I'm going to kick in and let my sister, because she's awesome, of being on the platform for real, not like I. But what I want to ask you is, so what do you think in the church right now as an individual that we can start doing to make things better so we can become a whole? Oh, gosh, there's so many different things um, that could change. I mean, really, one of the things that I've seen and I've experienced in various churches, um, not all of them, but there's been a lot of situations where you walk into a church, you're new there, you've never been there before. It doesn't matter if it's a big church, small church. People looking at you as an outsider. 
you know, people looking down on you. Who is this person? What are they doing here? You know, in the body of Christ, we're not outsiders. We're brothers and sisters. We are bought by the blood of Christ. You know, and I think acceptance probably more than anything. You know, seeing a stranger come in, you know, to your church on the street, in your place of work, it doesn't matter, in, in, a, in a hospital, in a school. Walk up to that person. Put your phone down. Quit. Get your nose out of your phone. Get your nose out of your tablet. Walk up to a person and just say hello. Have a smile on your face. Show them the love of Christ just through your body language, just through your face. A warm handshake. You know, how's your day going? And the problem is that people have actually become afraid of people walking up to them like that in today's world. Because people yeah. are so cold and so distant, because they are so deeply plugged into their devices, those devices, while, yes, technology is a great tool. You know, we have access to information and instantaneous worldwide communications like, like we've never had, you know, and, and there are huge advantages to those things. But when it gets to the point where people are sitting in a waiting area, you know, a hospital, what, wherever, and nobody's talking. There's no conversation going on. Nobody's reading a newspaper or a magazine. They've got their nose stuck in their phone or the tablet. Wake up, people. Get out of the phone. Get out of the tablet. Talk to each other. Show each other some love. You know, I mean, that, that's probably the place that I would start. And it definitely wow. needs to start in the house of God. You know, when wow. you see that stranger walk in. You know, I mean, there was a song, gosh, probably 15 years ago by Casting Crowns called uh, Does Anybody See Her? And it was exactly what I'm talking about. A young woman walked into a small country church. She had just moved into this town, and the entire church shunned her, would not even speak to her because she was different. She was a stranger, you know, and that, that's where I would start by simply reaching out to people, especially when they come into your place of worship. Welcome them. Love them. Show them the love of Christ. I believe that that in itself would go a a tremendous way towards unifying the body of Christ. Wow. That's powerful. I'm I'm like, my mouth, he left my mouth kind of watering. I have a lot of things that I want to say, but I want to start by you first, sis. Go ahead. I agree. I'm in total agreement with everything that he has said. Um, We've got to first and foremost recognize the enemy when he comes at us, you know, and that's where I think we fail on the on. Because if we could recognize that it is an attack of the enemy that pits us against one another, that it's not real in the sense of think about this so going just keeping in mind with the subject today and the whole armor of God one thing that Ephesians 6 teaches us is that we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places recognizing that it is because of that spiritual overtone that is of the wicked nation nature I'm sorry and um, wicked principalities that we're coming at one another. We first have to ask for that spirit of discernment. 
so we can see the enemy at work and understand why am I so angry with this person? You know, why am I so on edge um, every time this person comes into my presence? What is really going on? And asking God to lift that veil over our eyes so that we can see the enemy for who he is. And change the atmosphere. You know, we talk about this all the time as being an atmospheric danger. So once that we can recognize the unrighteous, the wickedness um, in high places, those principalities that are unrighteous, we can take our rightful place as a righteous principality. A principality is a ruler over territories. So if we step in and we stand in our, our created place that God gave us, the power and the authority that he gave us to change the dynamic of creation, then we can come together. We can truly unite. But as long as we are going to succumb to our flesh, to emotions, you know, God gave us emotions, but he gave it to us so that we could experience the joys and the happiness. Life. But if we come, we succumb to eat, to negative emotions, to racism and hatred and and anger and all those on the as long as we continue to succumb to those, we'll never have unity in the body. Think about how the armor is layered. You start with that helmet of salvation because that is where you're transformed into a new creature, a new being. You know, you are, your spirit is reborn so that now you can see things through the eyes of Christ. You can actually appreciate the beauty in others instead of standing there in a jealous moment when something happens good for your brother or your sister. You can calm down a situation if someone else is angry and coming at you in a negative manner instead of joining in that negative party and being mad right along with them and exchanging unpleasantries. It starts with knowing that you have been regenerated anew and you do not have to transgress back into those old places that you used to walk in. Because we all got some old places. We all have been people that were, um, well, let me put it the way the, the word of God says, we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every single one of us has. We all have past. We all have our own quote-unquote demons that we used to wrestle with when we were out there in the world and giving them free access to us. So now that we've become regenerated in the Lord, now that armor is covering our vital organs. That breastplate of righteousness is covering our heart. It is covering the deep recesses within us so that we can allow the God to come up and come out of us when we carry on a conversation. We can allow ourselves to become actual oracles for God. We can walk what gave us in the beatitude and love those who would despitefully use us. You know, someone comes to take your cloak, your coat, in this day and time, your coat, you know, give them your coat and your shirt. Give them, you know, what they need instead of harboring on and holding on to things. Express the love, that unconditional love that God expresses to us. Then and only then will there be unity. But again, I say, we got to recognize the enemy for who he is when he comes at us. 
We've got to recognize that. The sword of the spirit, it says in the word of God, it cuts asunder. It cuts going in and it comes out. So you can destroy the enemy going in, but when you pull it out, know who you are. Know that a power and authority that has been given to you. So when you address your brother or your sister, you do it in the, the same ammunition of love that God has for us. So that, you know, I, I I thank you, Patrick, for what you have shared thus far. And I know we still have a, another half of the show to go, but, you know, you are so on point that until we unify, we will never fully defeat the forces of evil. It is in unity that we will defeat them. But in order to unify, we got to first recognize who we are. It, it, you know, Sam, we talk about this all the time on the show. You yes, know, you've got to recognize who you are first and foremost, that you were created in the image and likeness of God Almighty himself, and you were given a charge. You were given a charge to be fruitful and multiply, to subdue and to take dominion. What do you think he gave you that charge for? He gave it to you so that you could rule and reign as righteous principalities, rulers in this earth realm in his stead. The Holy Spirit comes in and dwells within you to strengthen you, to build you up, and to give you that spirit of discernment so you can see the enemy, you can see him afar off, and you can defeat him. And one thing that is vital is the strategies of God that he will give you in your prayer closet. One of the things I love that Patrick said even before we got on the show is he was talking to the Father and saying, what would you have me to say? And the Father's response was, just let me do the talk. If we can just get into that place in God where we allow him to use us, we were created to willing to do of his good pleasure. That's the word of God. If we get into that place and allow him to use us instead of thinking that we've got to have the last word, we've got to prove our point. I got to give you my two cents on this situation instead of allowing God to be who he is and to rule in the situation. Then We'll never have unity. We won't until we get to that place. So surrendering first and foremost to God is is key. Knowing what that helmet of salvation represents, knowing that that breastplate of righteousness is covering that love that God has placed within you because you accepted him into yourself and allowing the Holy Spirit to lead God and direct you on the path that he's called you to. That's going to be key in our unifying. And, and we got to... We have got to get out of our flesh. I'm sorry, but we have got to get out of our flesh. Right now, You, this country probably has never been more divided than it is right now in the body of Christ. I, I'm not talking about outside the body because as the word says, heathen will do what heathens will do. But within the body of Christ. Okay, we are so divided just because of the person that's sitting at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Why are we so divided? The word clearly tells us pray for those that are in leadership. God plucks one down and he puts another one up and he has his own reasons for who he puts where he puts. You know, even looking back at the children of Israel, he said, I hardened Pharaoh's heart. So you just have to understand, flow with the spirit of the living God. Stop fighting one another and get into a place where God can reveal his secrets unto you. Did he not say that he would not do anything in this earth realm unless he revealed it to his servants, the prophets first? Get into that place of God. 
and allow him to speak to your heart, dealing with the situations. If you, if each one of us do that, then there'll be less division and turmoil in the body because every situation will have someone in a righteous place before God, praying for it, acting in his stead, allowing him to lead God and direct him, and the division won't stand. The enemy will fail every time. I'm done. I love your passion. <laughs> yeah, she has, she she's she's serious. I told you, you didn't you don't you you haven't even seen the brink of it. That was just a little chip, a ice chip. You haven't even seen the the structure of it. And 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 it's just awesome because she researches and she studies to show that self approved. And what I wanted to say was after all that says cuz you know me, I'm that one on the show. I got to kind of give people something. I got to put a twang and a twist on it. People, what has happened? You know, what's so sad to me is we go to church now. Sis, I'm going to bring up something. I remember a long time ago at our church in Las Vegas, Bethany, and it's now is called, um, it's not Kingdom, Bethany anymore. In the Kingdom Family International, KFI. Kingdom Family International Unified, because it's not, it's not a, just about one race. It's about all races. And what I love the most is, man, we used to be excited about going to church, you guys. I don't know about nobody else. We used to beat the church doors down. We were there before church started because we were expecting God to do great things, and he showed himself. And I don't mean, I don't mean like the old, how the old did, but this was new blessings, new God was showing us great things, and it was just so exciting to go to church, and we loved each other. We were a small church, but we knew each other, and we prayed for each other. And it's almost like if something was wrong with Corey or something was wrong with me, we knew about it. And now what's happening now is I I tell everybody right now, I go to a church that's over 6,000 people. And I remember one time I wanted to go up to my pastor and say something, and how this guy kind of blocked me. And I was like, is this the president of the United States? Or is this my pastor of the church? You know, I was offended. And, but I realized because of protocol and the way that things go, you guys, because I, I, I'm old school, it, it, was, it was different for me. It hurt my feelings. It really hurt me. And, but what's happening now is why, you guys, has this taken place? Why have we become in groups and cliques and you don't even know who Patrick is. You, From what I talk, you don't really know who I am except for what I tell you. And that's a lot, please. So you probably do know who I am now. But what's happened now is we've looked down on people, like Patrick's saying. You know, I heard something a long time ago on Facebook, and it, a pastor said that he was going to be the new pastor of a church, so he dressed up like a homeless man. And when he went, he sat in the front of the church. And as church was beginning ready to start, all the all the people of the church and everything was running back and forth. And they told him, sir, you're going to have to move. You're going to have to move back a little bit. So he moved back a little bit. And then as they went on, somebody else came and told him, you're going to have to move back a little further. Before they knew it, he was at the back of the church. And then they were saying as they got done that we have this new minister. We're excited about knowing who he is. And we don't know where he is. And this homeless man began to walk in front of the church and basically they told him, what are you doing? You know, we got a new pastor coming. You're going to have to kind of step back a little bit. And what he explained is, I am the new pastor. 
And it broke my heart and it brought tears to my eyes because what he said was, I watched the whole time. And not once did anybody invite me. Not once did anybody welcome me. Not once did anybody say hello. Did not once. You looked at the way that I looked like on the outside, not knowing who I was on the inside. My question is, what has happened? What's going on with this church? So I'm saying to you, Patrick goes to a different church. My sister goes to a different church. I go to a different church. All I can do is what I take me, Tanya, and what I can add to the church. And I'm on, I won't lie to you guys in my church. I smile at people and I speak to people. You'd be surprised when pastors say, get up and hug people, greet them, greet the person next to you. How many people walk past me and go greet the same people all the time? And you would not believe when I tell you, I go, good morning, beautiful. How many people look at me like, you talking to me? So what I want to say, and I'm going to give my brother Patrick a chance to intervene as well. People, what has happened to us? We've gotten so churchy that we have forgotten what it's like to love people. We've gotten so churchy and so title-fied and so wrapped up in the title. I don't have a doctrine. I don't have a Ph.D. I don't probably even have an LMNOP. But I bet you if you talk to me about being out in the street, I bet you if you talk to me about being um, having an addiction, I bet you if you talk to me, I bet you I can help you. But I bet you you probably won't go to you won't go, come to me. You'll probably go with the person with a PhD. I'm hoping that you guys can get something out of the show because we're lost as a people. And until we research ourselves and stop looking at everybody else and seeing what um, what um, the president's doing and what he's doing. What are you doing? Because if the church was really where it was supposed to be, I don't know about you guys, sis, I remember that same power of deliverance is still there. That same power to shift and move things, God is still there. What has happened to us as a people? Go ahead, Patrick. There's something I want to touch on um, briefly. Uh, of course, I guess it just depends on, on – um, how much how much the Holy Spirit pushes me on this, but just something in particular, uh, and this is something you and I spoke about before, was uh, you know we 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 the way people judge each other, the way people look down on each other, and you know I, and I know I know that all of us are probably guilty of this to a certain extent, but we also look down on ourselves, and we don't recognize not our own abilities, but what God has given us. We don't recognize that regardless of our past, regardless of how uh, bad we've been, how dirty we are, how tarnished we are, the things that we've done, you know, I mean, uh, and on the same same day you and I were talking, and as I'm listening to the Holy Spirit speak through me, in my head, I'm going, looking at him going, really? This is coming from me? And he said, son… And he said this to me several times, especially recently. Son, every one of the apostles was a misfit. They were not mm-hmm. the cream of the crop. They were not the top of the heap. They were the bottom of the barrel. I chose them specifically for that reason. Now, that's not to say that people that have had good, clean lives are not going to be used by God. Not at all. But God looks for the downcast. 
God looks for the people who've been trampled. God looks for the people who are the screw-ups, who are the misfits, who are the bottom of the barrel, because those are the ones who have the most potential. Those are the ones he can use the most. Those are the ones he gives more to and pushes harder because he knows he can get more from them. I've known a number of pastors who were at the top of the heat but started out on the bottom. Alcoholics, drug addicts, prostitutes, people who are homeless and had nothing, who had lost everything. But God, they allowed God to come into their lives and truly use them, and he brought them up. And if we will simply listen and allow God to lead us, he will do that. You know, I've got I've got a rough past myself. I have a lot of mountains in front of me that need to be moved. But I've realized that that's never going to happen. God's never going to be able to truly use me. I'm never going to be able to truly bless people unless I quit worrying about how dirty I am, how bad my past is, how bad I've screwed up, how many times God has brought me to the top and then I've messed it up and went crashing down. You know, that doesn't matter. I mean, the, the word speaks clearly. When we are truly repentant, God throws your sins into the sea of forgetfulness. It doesn't matter anymore. Those are gone. And beating yourself up, giving yourself guilt trips, and feeling anxiety over your past, that's a lie. That's the enemy whispering in your ear. Something else I said to you on Saturday, last Saturday, the enemy has all these little foot soldiers. And they whisper to you constantly, and it's like they're throwing little drops of gasoline on the fire, just trying to stoke it up a little bit at a time. And sooner or later, those fumes build up, and you're going to have an explosion, and that's when we fall. And you've got to recognize, again, as your sister said, the authority we have in Christ to deny those lies and to send the enemy packing. But it's not going to happen unless we are willing to listen to the Holy Spirit and trust that he is going to lead us the right direction. And things may look murky, but I guarantee you there's clear waters and clear sailing beyond that murk. You just have to be willing to see past that and trust that God is leading you through that. And there's so many of us that can't reach our potential because of that. I'm one of those people. You know? But God greatly, greatly blessed me. There's a lot of things that he gave me, a lot of tools that he gave me to work with. And I have abused those things, but I can't. I can't focus on that anymore. I've got to focus on what he wants to do now. So, I mean, that's and that's something I wanted to touch on because of how we judge each other, and that outward behavior can say a lot about what we're thinking about and how we're feeling about ourselves on the inside. You know, we may dress all pretty in a nice suit, but how are you feeling on the inside as you're looking down on your brother? How are you feeling about yourself? You know. Have you allowed God to truly cleanse you? Are, have you? are you truly repentant? Have you not only asked for forgiveness, have you turned away from the mistakes of your past? And even I struggle with that. There are things that I look back on all the time and go, man, how different could it have been if I had done it this way? You can't do that. And I battle with that every day. We all do, but you've got to, you've got to push forward. And listen and trust the Holy Spirit to lead you. Wow, you talked yeah. about my suspension. You you have a powerful passion yourself. Um, you, you were like, uh, if I was reading a book, 
that's how clear and, and clarity that you made it seem, and you quite definitely are worth listening to because I was hearing you. I, I get that same um, effect with my sister when she explains things, and I want to thank you so much for just being available today for the audience, the listening audience, and I'm praying that someone can hear you and be delivered by that. And I want to say thank you again. You're very welcome. Um, Patrick, I have a question. Um, You touched on it earlier, and just listening to um, the last um, statements that you were making about condemnation and getting beyond it, knowing um, just based on what you've shared with us today of your background and some of your struggles, how have you yourself personally been able to push past your own condemnation of yourself? Because a lot of times, I answered a post to somebody earlier this morning, and, um, and they were talking about how important it was to rest in God and and um, and I was responding, saying, you know, agreeing with a lot of the things that this this individual touched on, and my explanation for really needing to hear that word in my explanation, I should say, I touched on the fact of we get so weary in um, in warfare, and I've had unusual like there's always warfare, but I've had unusual amount of attacks recently. And in the midst of that, I have become a victim of my own friendly fire. Okay. Because when you get, you're, you're so overwhelmed by the chaos that you find yourself in, sometimes your interpretation of you or the choices that you make concerning you can be as detrimental to you as somebody else launching a missile towards yourself. And if you don't step back and and just kind of distract and allow God to minister to you and that inward place, then you will find yourself shooting yourself. Okay, so that's that was my interpretation of friendly fire. I say that to say this, that a lot of times we are our own worst enemy when it comes to condemnation because of the things that we have walked through in our life. How have you personally, and I'm asking this so that you can be a light and help someone else that may be in that place, um, get past that so that it's not so much where you're worried about what everybody else is saying about you but it's detrimental what you are saying about yourself. How have you gotten past that? I think we just lost Patrick. Tam? Tanya? Hello? Tanya, can you hear me? Okay. Okay, listeners. <laughs> it seems like um both of of Tanya and Patrick's lines have dropped. So we're just gonna give it a couple of minutes and hopefully they'll call right back in. Um 
Not sure what happened. Anyway, so I don't want to just um just leave blank air. Oh, there she is. Hold on. Ah, there they both are. Hello, can you hear me? Okay, yes. I'm on it Please forgive me. Oh my, my God, I'm completely dead. <laughs> I'm like, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm not sure what happened. I I thought, yeah, it was my phone. Like, what's going on? My phone went like completely dead. I said, it's nothing but the devil because I'm really into this conversation. And I was oh, like, yeah. how did you my know, phone go completely dead? <laughs> like, both I of think, your uh, lines, you know, they just left. I was sitting there thinking, <laughs> I was sitting there thinking as, as the call dropped and I'm trying to figure out what happened, I'm going, you know, I think we've really took the enemy off here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you see? <laughs> Yes, thing. Yeah, okay, I agree. I agree. I'm here. Okay, so right. yeah, back to what you were what you were asking. Um, how? I'm trying to remember the exact wording you said. I think you said how was so it? My, uh, how was it? The generalization of the question was how have you pushed past your own condemnation, your own personal condemnation, to get to a place where God can use you? Um. Well, I mean, the truth is I haven't completely overcome that yet. I still battle with it every day. But that actually ties beautifully in with the other part of the armor that I was going to speak about, which is the sort of spirit, which is the Word of God. And there are two things that go hand in hand there. It's not just the Word of God, not just the Scriptures, but it's also our prayer life because the Word Mm. of God – you know, I mean, in the literal sense, it is just a book. It's words on a page. Now, in the spiritual sense, it is a very powerful weapon that has to be used properly, you know, and that's done in prayer. So the, so the way that I have begun to overcome my self-condemnation is by digging in as deep as I possibly can to the Word. Um, one thing about what I do for a living is there is a, a considerable amount of downtime. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that, that, that keeps us busy, but there is times when you're sitting with nothing to do. And I've gotten to the point now where there are multiple devotions that I read throughout the day. I'm in the Word as much as possible. I've got praise and worship music playing in my office, uh, uh, an audio Bible playing on low volume just so that it's constantly piping the Word into the office. And it comes down to digging in and getting as deep into the Word as you possibly can, and I have focused – on very specific subjects of things that I have struggled with, of the failures that I've had to learn how to overcome those things. And the one thing now that the Holy Spirit is pushing me is, okay, son, you're learning, you're studying, you're getting the knowledge, you're getting it into your brain, you're getting it into your heart, now you need to dig into your prayer life. You know, And mm-hmm. people – I think one of the biggest reasons that people struggle with their prayer life is they don't understand that prayer isn't some specific – formula or ritualistic thing. Now, yes, Jesus gave us a great model for prayer with the Lord's Prayer, and this is the right attitude and the right way to approach God. But the simple fact of the matter is prayer is simply us talking to God. And I believe, what I personally believe, is that it comes down to he wants you to talk to him like he's your best friend, which, I mean, he really is, but, I mean, it it doesn't have to be ritualistic. It doesn't have to be specific as far as a formula, he just wants you to talk to him. You know, tell him what's on your mind. Tell him what's on your heart. Tell him what you need. You know, 
Talk to him about people in your life. Talk to him about people in your church. You know, it, it's it's a lot simpler than we we complicate things. We as human beings complicate things, and that's because I believe that we, particularly the body of Christ in the Western world, have created an image of God that is not God. It's human because we see a lot of us this angry old man with a long beard and white robes sitting on a cloud in the sky holding the uh, uh, the Bible, beating you in the head with it, and angry at every little thing you do. And that's not who God is. Amen. First off, God is so far beyond – he is so far beyond our comprehension. We haven't got a clue. We haven't got a clue. But we created this nitpicking image of God, you know, this – Thing that is not even truly God. It's it's a human. It's a human being. The the idea that we've got in our our mind. It's based upon human human. Um. Uh, gosh, I, I lost the word. I had the word on the tip of my tongue. Um, okay. human fallacies. It's based upon human fallacies. It's based. It's based upon, um, our imperfections, and that's not who God is. You know, God is the most amazing love that you could possibly fathom. What he really and truly wants from us is for us to crawl up in his lap and look up and say, Daddy, this is what's on my mind. This is how I'm feeling. You know, this person hurt me, but I don't want to hold that against them. This person over here yeah. needs help. You know, this person over here is sick. This person over here is about to be homeless because they they lost their job. You know, Father, I, I'm I'm about to be homeless because I lost my job. Father, I can't break this addiction. That's what he wants from us. That's what I truly believe he wants from us. He wants us sitting up in his lap with our head on his chest and just talking to him. And I believe that's what prayer is supposed to truly be. And until you understand that, you can't properly wield the sword of the Spirit. You can't properly use the Word of God in spiritual combat. That's what I believe. That is what I truly believe, and that's the other part of the armor that I wanted to discuss and the proper usage of it. It comes down to learning the word, studying the word, putting it in your mind and your heart as often as possible, and staying in constant communication with the Father. Wow. That's key. That wow. constant communication wow. is key. We can't do anything without it. No, we can't. No, we can't. You know, I go, you know, you guys sometimes get so wrapped up in life. You can go days. You don't even realize without talking to the Father. You think you are because you you feel like you're still spiritually connected. You're getting up, going to work. You're going here, doing this, putting gas in the car, talking to people on the phone. Before you know it, you're going to bed, getting up, doing the same thing. And you haven't spent any time with the Father. And that is so important. Hmm? Sorry, forgive me for interrupting you. Please no, no, don't, don't misunderstand. you dare. Please don't misunderstand and get the wrong idea. I am not there yet. I'm not. And that's very painful for me because I feel that I'm failing my Heavenly Father, and I'm failing the people that he wants me to reach out to because I'm not there yet. Yeah, you know? but you are so there. Please don't misunderstand. You are there. Don't, think, don't think that I have it all together. Anyone under the sound of my voice, please don't think I have it all together. I'm simply telling you what God is leading me to say. We're not, none of us are perfect, believe me. 
and believe me, I have a long way to go. But we all do. All I can we do. All, do. all I can do. All I can do is just listen to God and try to stay connected with Him as much as possible. I don't say Amen anymore. I have gotten to the point where I don't say Amen anymore. To to me, that's closing the door. I don't want to close that door. I want to stay in constant contact with Him. I want the Holy Spirit in my heart and in my mind and flowing through my veins constantly because I know I can't survive otherwise. So please don't misunderstand and think that I have it all together. I don't. Not even close. Yeah. We we I try just know, to tell. Yeah. I'm sorry. Babe. I just know that there, there are things that God has put on my heart to say to people. You've got to come together. You've got to come together. The enemy is decimating us because of the division. There are so many people out there that we could reach. So many people that are lost. So many people who have been saved for God knows how many years, but they are lost because they don't know how to get back. And that's what we're here for is to help them to come back. They don't have to do it on their own, but we've got to come together. We've got to unify in order to be fully effective. We can't do it otherwise. Amen. Wow. Wow. You 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 brought wow. I'm sorry, Tess. I apologize. I'm just I'm you know, sorry, I didn't mean to get emotional. No. Just, uh... Okay, no. For one, don't ever apologize for allowing God to use you. And you did say that before the show, that God told you allow me to use you. And I just thank God for you. And and we need that emotion. And you're a man, and that's really awesome because men need to know as well. It's not just us women on the front line. Don't just leave us on the front line. We need the men the backing of the men. God called the men as the ministers as well as us. He said his sons and daughters. But to be unified and don't it's not about judging because you're a man or you're a woman. We need the realness for people to come forth. I want God to allow me to to pound the pavement and allow my sister to allow me and whenever I can to use her platform to be able to bring the children of God to be able to minister to his to the other children of God. And that's how we become delivered. That's how we become saved. That's how we become free is through the realness of people out there. We're not, oh, you guys, I struggle so much. I cry because I struggle so much. And then when I know I have to get on the show, on the show I'm so giddy because I can't wait to tell you guys my fault. And I can't wait to tell you what I've learned. And I can't wait to tell you Whatever it is that God has for me, my struggles, this platform is not to sit there and be boisterous. Oh, I'm so perfect in the thieves and the thousands. I don't have any of that, you guys. But all I have is me and my voice and what God has put in me and what he's taken me, allowed me to go through and what he's delivered me through. And then through that, I'm praying that that love can spread through a multitude of people, then I feel, then I've done what God has called me to do. So, Patrick, you, please get emotional. Please break it down and bust it out to people. That's what my sister and I have been doing since we've been on here. And and, 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 and we want people to call. We want people to respond. We love you guys. We're not trying to take over the show. We just want you guys to understand this is serious. This is real. This is real talk. Sorry, sis. Go ahead. Beautiful. Well, we are out of time. 
But this has been a phenomenal show. Patrick, we're going to have to have you back. This was great. I love it. And I love your Me passion. Too. Seriously. Um, thank you so much for thank sharing you. part of your journey and your story and for encouraging us to unify because that is what God has called us to. You know, he is definitely wants unity in his body. So this is phenomenal. It really is. Thank you, thank you, thank you again. And thank you, Tanya, for bringing this awesome man of God to our attention. What a great show. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful I met him. I'm so grateful for that. We're just praying in the name of God, the peace of God be upon his children, the love of God be upon you, the grace of God be in your lives, that you would continue to be with him, live for him, love him and adorn him. And in return, you will continue to bless others and be a blessing to other people. In Jesus' name, we love you guys. Amen. Thank you, Patrick. Thank it's you, been babe. A pleasure. Thank you. It's been our pleasure. Thank you. Um, once again, I'm shocked. At, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm really shocked and awed at God here again. Uh, I really am. <laughs> yeah, I know. He is an amazing oh, You were nervous. <laughs> yeah, he is. We love you, sis. I love you, beautiful. Thank love you, baby. You, Have a blessed one. Love you. Patrick, I'll call you. I love you, sis. Love okay. you, too. Bye. Bye.